Put a Finger Down Cybercrime Edition. Put a finger down if you're tech illiterate. Put a finger down if you've never heard of an ethical hacker. Put a finger down if you're not so sure what a cybercrime even is. Put a finger down if you're a journalist assigned a report on tech events and ethical hacking to combat cybercriminals. Just me? So cybercrime is basically, well, we're starting right at the beginning, yeah. Vish Gain is a business and tech journalist at Silicon Republic. And gratefully, he's stepping in as our guide through the basics. Cybercrime is just a modern version of criminal activity that's pretty much organized um, and large scale, usually international, um, and causes malice more than physical stealing does. The number of cybersecurity events are increasing. So within the European system, for instance, Ireland has a 71% rate, according to the latest Hiscox uh, report. More than two thirds, nearly three fourths of Irish companies have reported being victim to at least one cyber attack over the past 12 months. What's concerning about this figure is the fact that last year for the same report it was 49%, which means it was only half, but this year it's gone up to 71%, so that's a big, big jump, 22% jump. If the number of cyber criminal activity is growing, then Ireland should definitely need to increase the size of the industry. Um, it's a $300 million industry, but it needs to grow. We need to be attracting more high-level talent into Ireland and also through the university system, creating new talent in fields such as cybersecurity, such as ethical hacking, for instance, cryptography, and even AI, with a focus on bolstering cybersecurity of different companies. I was, I was big into computers from a young age. Uh, my dad is in cybersecurity as well, so I think always being around computers gave me the foot in the door, I suppose. 23-year-old ethical hacker Andrew Cushion currently works as a cybersecurity penetration tester. So a penetration tester is someone who simulates an attacker and what they do is they will, you know, essentially try to hack an organization that might be through their website, any external facing networks that they have. A lot of times they also want an internal element as well to simulate, you know, uh, maybe an employee gone bad kind of a thing. Ooh. So yeah, that, that's something that happens as well. So essentially what we're doing is we're simulating an attacker to see how far we can go, how much damage we can do, and then we outline the problems that are present in the organization that allow us to do that damage, essentially. I think in the last couple of years, yeah, it has grown as a threat, especially since, you know, with COVID, a lot of things went online, there's not so much going on in person, so everything is more reliant on technology and the internet and everything, so naturally a consequence of that is that there's more of a risk to businesses. Andrew says keeping a company and their clients' data secure should be top priority for businesses and governments abroad are even enshrining it in law. Yes, the Australian government, they, what they do is they impose fines on companies who, if, if they suffer a data breach, they have to pay a fine on top of whatever you know, costs to fix it are, which I think is a better incentive because the cost of this fine, say, or the cost of suffering a cyber attack far outweighs the cost of seeking out these services and coming to people like us pen testers who can assess your organization and determine how fit you are to hold up against a cyber attack. They're very good at finding ways to get into an organization. There's a lot of different avenues they can take. And what we've seen is the human element is often exploited the most. So that's gonna be stuff like social engineering and phishing scams. It's gonna prove the most valuable to an attacker because you know human error is a lot easier to exploit than you know a fault in a system, which if you go deep enough, could come down to human error as well. 
There was another one I heard of recently where I believe it was a very large corporation in America. If I'm not mistaken, it was a big casino kind of chain. And it took an attacker 10 minutes to get into him simply because he got onto LinkedIn, he got the name of an employee who worked there. He called up, I think it was the help desk in their IT department and said, hey, it's so-and-so, I've lost my password, can you set me a new one? And 10 minute phone call and he's in. Everything we put in place won't really matter if the security guard trusts me and gives me access or the receptionist thinks I look harmless. The people hacker Jenny Radcliffe is a social engineer who calls herself a burglar for hire in the viral YouTube video that I definitely haven't seen. That's right. Oh my God, I can't believe I'm meeting you. That's my, my favourite episode. Oh. <clears throat> Jenny says it's not just businesses that need to be vigilant and alert to crime online. So when we connect with anyone online, we're opening up potentially our devices and therefore our lives, because your life is on your device, to whoever we connect with. So it's very important that we check before we click on links, make connections and especially put personal information into anything that we come across online. And we need to be very careful because that it will be a constant stream of requests, right? So we start looking for streaming services or we're just on our social media, these things pop up. So it might be that it's not free. It might say, oh, you know, it costs just a couple of euro or something. And we put your information in. So now we're opening ourselves up to all of that information being used in a criminal way. And we know that one in three people who uh, access illegal streaming sites are hacked or scammed very quickly afterwards. So some of the horror stories that you see, it can be anything from your reputation online, your online accounts, your social media, all the way up to identity theft emptying bank accounts and really just hacking your whole online life. I think people think that illegal streaming is victimless, you know, so what if I watch a football match or a film, you know, and it's not quite legitimate. But apart from the fact that that's criminal and you can face at least a fine, these are not run by just like one hacker in a bedroom and a hoodie, right? These are run by organised crime groups and illegal streaming activities feed into and fund more serious crimes. It's a network of crime. It's not just, you know, illegally streaming something. They don't really care about that. They care about the person, your identity, your details, your connections. Vish tells me Irish people's data may be more vulnerable than our neighbours to attack. Because we have so many multinationals headquartered in Ireland, it makes us a unique target. It makes us more of a target. So it's not just Irish companies or Irish businesses that are affected. They're also looking at the Googles and the Microsofts and the Apples that are headquartered here as sort of potential victims. And they're all housed here, which means that the systems that would be used to protect against these criminal activities are also based here. So in that way, Ireland is also more in the radar of these criminal groups than, say, other countries that don't have as many international headquarters. What makes us unique is the fact that uh, there's a severe talent shortage within the cybersecurity industry and that would mean that a lot of big companies that are well covered for other parts of their business such as software engineering for the, the product side of things or marketing and all of those things and great expertise in say increasingly in AI and stuff as well, the cyber side of things tends to be overlooked. I think a recent Dell report suggested that 66% of Irish businesses said that they plan to invest in cybersecurity within the next one year. And that is a significant figure, but it's also not enough.